Quiet, please. Lost Talk Radio. Alfonso Ribeiro and Andrew Dice Clay. Uh, no, no schleps, huh? 
All right, very cool. Her other TV credits include casting the Babylon 5 pilot, the new WKRP in Cincinnati series, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and they came from outer space. Now, Halle Berry once did uh, her first guest star jobs as a result of Dory's casting. Uh, That's my Bush on Comedy Central with Tim Bottoms as the president. He went on to play the president a few more times and other things as a result of that role. She cast the pilot for VH1 with Gene Simmons of Kiss fame as producer and put last comic standing winner John Hefford in his first series. John, by the way, is a friend of mine. Um... I was supposed to see him in Chicago a little while ago, and we missed each other. She has cast MTV's American Mall, which uh, starred Nina Dobrev uh, from Vampire Diaries and Degrassi, in her first American production, as well as Rob May's upcoming uh, Family Channel series, Jane by Design, The Autumn Reaser, Smoking Aces 2, and Entourage, Brezha Webb, the love from Love That Girl, and Neil Haskell, So You Think You Can Dance fame. Now, for the movie, the feature film Pretty Woman, she introduced Gary Marshall, a funny man, Larry Miller, who he continues to use in all of his films. To Walk with Lions, uh, which starred Richard Harris, City of Industry with Harvey Keitel and Famke Jansen, and uh, What's Cooking with Mercedes Rule, Alfred uh, Woodward, and Juliana Margulies, Joan Chen, and Dennis, the unit, Haysbert. All right, and Kyra is the closer, Cedric. So she's done a whole lot in casting. I'm going to have her come on right now and tell you all about what she does. Dory, hi, are you there? I'm here. Hey, you're there. Mm-hmm. All right, very good. <laughs> and uh, and we sound good right now. So uh, let's let's oh, the good. All right. So I want to welcome those in the chat room. Dory, I was I was you know uh, discussing your your experience. Could you tell us how how you how you what brought you to casting in the first place? How how you decided to get into the film business or TV business? Uh, or how I fell into it. Um, yeah, well, you know, I, we, my brother and I both grew up, um, with, surrounded in the theater and, uh, basically we were both, our parents started a theater group that is now the biggest, uh, um, musical theater company in the Bay Area now called, uh, Diable Music Theater. It was the Diable Light Opera Company when we were growing up. So, uh, and then we spent seven years at ACT together in the Young Conservatory. So I always liked being around acting and doing it, but I just didn't have the uh, the love or the gene to continue. So I wanted to get back closer to it without doing it, and casting seemed to be the thing. So after uh, working in college as an um, intern at MTM, now known as CBS Radford, um, and back then the shows were St. Elsewhere, Remington Steel, Hill Street Blues, and um, Bob Newhart show. Um, I was working under uh, Debbie Borilski, who at that time was working under Eileen Knight, casting St. Elsewhere. And Debbie called me and said she was casting this new show for CBS that Hugh Wilson created called Frank's Place. And then um, she, you know, Debbie has taught me everything about casting besides her and Diane Crittenden, and it just stuck. Wow, cool. And here I am, still in Here you are. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about the, that in and of itself, the, the casting process? Now, um, you know, people who... Uh, I mean, I think people understand from having seen movies or seen TV that somehow, you know, an actor shows up and uh, they audition for a part. Um, but they want to know 
what happens? You know, what are the steps involved in that? And also, like, you know, what's your criteria for, for casting? What are you looking for? And so what is the pro – let's start with a very basic process, and, and then we'll we'll get more specific as we go on. Well, the basic process is um, you, it starts with a good headshot and a resume. And, you know, thanks to the Internet and, and um, all these websites, um, you don't necessarily need an agent to get into an office. Um, there are ways to get yourself submitted online, either through Now Casting or Actors Access. Um, these are also two really good sources for uh, actors who are just starting out to find out what they need to do to even get into a room or or um, have the right materials to. So once you uh, get submitted, and if you are picked by the casting people to come in and audition, you might if you come in for a pre-read. A pre-read is when you come in just for the casting directors. And basically that's the time when you get basically the answers to the test. We have the answers to that. The people who don't want to pre-read, especially during pilot season, most of the time don't get the show. Why? Because they don't feel they need to pre-read. And so they come in with their own interpretation. They go straight to the producers, and they didn't nail it in the room. And um, and if they didn't have some kind of little spark in the first place, the director or producers are not going to... Um, redirect them and they're not going to have another shot at it. So it, the best recommendation I give to actors, if you have a chance to pre-read, especially for a pilot, pre-read. If you even get sent in for straight to and you usually uh, go straight to producers, but the material seems a little off or you don't know the pacing of the show, um, ask for a pre-read. And it's basically... It's helped a lot of people. I've, I, a lot of times, have insisted on pre-reading people before I put them even in front of the director or producer because I know their instincts are not as good as uh, they think they are and, or I think they have a shot at the role if they know the pacing, if they know the type of show. When we started Wilford, um, we really didn't know what the tone was. It kept changing. I mean... And it turned out we had three different guys testing for the role of uh, Ryan, with uh, which Elijah Wood got. And all three of those guys would have made three different shows. It, they would have three different tones. So the casting of Elijah with the pairing of Jason, and this plays Wilfred, basically set the tone for the other roles. And... Um, a lot of times that's happening because all these new shows, everyone's trying to be more innovative. So it's not like you could say, it's a show just like Grey's Anatomy. It's a show just like uh, Three's Company. I mean, there's just there's just no set patterns anymore. Everyone's trying to do something new. So I highly recommend pre-reading if, if you can do it. So let me ask this. Um, an actor is sitting at home in Los Angeles and the agent calls and says, uh, you got an interview, or you got an audition, or you got a pre. I mean, how did? How, is there a distinction at uh, at that level? Now, obviously, if you've contacted an actor because you've seen them on Now Casting or Actors Access or something like that, I, I suspect you would you might put out, "Come on in, it's a pre-read." Or do you just say, "Come on in"? I mean, how does how does someone know what they're co 
coming into, or do you just assume that everything is a pre-read? Oh, no, no, no. They're they're told when the assistant calls uh, or sets up the appointment, they're told whether it's a pre-read or um, straight to. When straight to means they go straight to the director and producer. Um, when you're sitting at home, do not be sitting at home waiting for that call. I may be proactive. <laughs> Um, a lot of people who could not get into the room or even into a pre-read self-taped. And that's actually gotten a few people callbacks. So um, I'm now, I've got every casting director going, no! But, um, yeah, you know, if if you could get a hold of the sides, put yourself on tape. That might even get you, you know, into the room for a pre-read when they said they didn't think you were right. Uh, but don't sit around waiting for that audition. You know, do it right. yourself. Awesome. No, that, that's an excellent point, and, and uh, I, I shouldn't have said sitting around at home. They're either workshopping or they're in a play or they're in another production. They're doing something proactively to further their career, and their cell phone rings or they get a text while they're busy, um, and they proceed from there. Well, Okay, so that's very cool. So the pre-read, they come in, and they get to talk with you, and or they get to do it. Do they, get to, do they come in cold? And uh, and then you want to see what they bring in, or, and then either direct them and give them the answers to the test uh, while they're there. Um, in pre-reads, yeah, because we like to see you know what they bring because they might bring a whole different way of doing a role that no one thought of, and that happens a lot where people have come in and you go, oh my god, that one intonation changed the whole thing and got a bigger laugh, and a lot of times the writers and directors sitting in the room will steal it. Um, whether they get the part or not, <laughs> your bit will get stolen. But, you know, it's it's how unique you can make yourself stand out without being, you know, bouncing off the walls. And uh, and a lot of times you can't get a hold of the script. I We did not let any of the scripts out. Um unless we had someone coming in for producers. Um, a lot of times um, the material is not available. Um, always ask if the material is available. If the agent can't get it, then um, call the catching office or have the, your rep call the catching office and say, can they show up a half hour early and, and look at the script? I mean, do whatever you can do to research the type of show or feature you're coming into, going into, know the director and the director's style, know the producers, know the writer, just do as much homework as possible because a lot of times the material is not ready, um, available to you. The sides will be, but a lot of times the script's not. And um, when they get there. What is it that you you want to see from them? Like a moment ago, you said you know they might have an interpretation that they they uh, provide or present that uh, no one had thought of. So, what's the best way an actor in coming in can can make a distinct impression, even if they don't book that part, uh, but that they can impress you as an actor uh, that uh, you might consider using again in something else. Yeah, a lot of times people will come in and they'll do a great reading, but they weren't right for this part. But if you come in and you act professional and you're prepared and um, you don't talk too much and you don't 
ask him any questions, you know, we might turn to each other after you walk out of the room and go, let's remember them for something else. So you don't have to go home and, you know, hang your head and wait for the phone to ring and say, do I get it or this and that, whatever, which is the best advice any of us can give any actor is once you go in for an audition, you know, and you might have been preparing for it for days and days and days, once it's over, leave the room and leave the audition there. Because if you bring it into your next audition, we can see it. We could, you know, <laughs> we could smell fear. We can smell insecurity. We could smell being unprepared. We, we've just seen it all. We've heard it all. So you have to make sure that you leave each audition either at home or in the audition room and start fresh and get on with your day and get on with your week. Otherwise, the neediness comes right back into the room. So whether you come in and you've, like, you hit it out of the park, but maybe you didn't have the right look, it doesn't mean it's like, oh, my God, I did the most brilliant audition I could have possibly done. You might have, but it didn't work with the rest of the cast or whatever. There's other reasons. But you might find yourself being brought back in. You know, I know an actor who's been in for a series on the CW mm, almost, 20 times. They like him so much. We've yet to find the right part for him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he just keeps going in. And it's like, why can't they just cast you off of the tape? Or, you know, they've seen you so many times. It's like, they just want to hear you do the different roles. And one of these times, they'll find the right role. It doesn't mean they didn't like him. Larry Miller had seven different roles on Pretty Woman before they, you know, before Gary settled on the, uh, the salesperson. And, you know, it, well, basically, that's a pretty woman's a different example because there was no script really when we started. But a lot of times, if you do well and they like you, they'll bring you back for something else. So, really, do not carry the bad audition or not getting a job or anything into your next audition because we see it, we can feel it, and it's. It's like baggage in a relationship. Nobody wants it. Ah, good point, good point. Now, so uh, the actor comes in, and uh, hopefully they've had some time to prepare. You know, they've they've gotten a script or they've gotten the sides before, and uh, and they've done, you know, as, as best a job as they can, and, you know, bang, they nail it. You know, that's great. They still might not get the part. But what what will guarantee that an actor is not going to get a part? What How do they blow the interview? What? I mean, uh, what kind of things do you see or horror examples that you want to share, uh, you know, where maybe well-intending, but they but they screwed up somehow? Well, I will tell you, and I, and it's hard to believe that people actually walk, actors walk into the room and ask these questions while the director, producer, and writer are sitting there. You, it's fine to ask during a pre-read. But if you're sitting, but if you come in for the producers or directors, do not ask the following questions: Is this a comedy or a drama? <laughs> Good point. Good point. Um, uh, can you tell me a little bit more about this character? Um, I didn't read the script, so I'm really not too prepared. Um, you know, these are the things that. Everyone's going, oh, my God, this is five minutes. I'm not going to get back. Um, and 
don't ask. I know every acting coach tells people to do this, but when you're done and everyone says, is there anything else you want to see or I can do it any other way, all that tells us is that you weren't confident in your choices. Make your choices. And usually, you'll th- if you think about it, your response is, no, no, that was fine. Thank you very much. And that's what you're going to hear every time, and it's also going to stick in our mind going, you know what, they're, they're not secure enough in their their performance, or they are programmed to say that. If somebody wants to redirect you in the room, they're going to redirect you. And if you uh-huh. walk, walked out of the room, a lot of times we have chased people into the, uh, the parking lot and said, wait, 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 can you come back? Because when you walk, oh, here's a thing for actors, Leave slowly, because a lot of times, once you walk out the door, the room is split, and someone's going to say, no, 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 really, let's try them doing like this. We send someone chasing after you in a parking lot. If you disappear Uh too fast, a lot of people have lost their second shot. So here's a new one. Walk slowly when you leave. (laughs) No, that's a great, the great bit of advice. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, don't jump in your car and take off, or or grab the bus, or however you get around. Just, just kind of linger yeah. and long enough that if they want to find you, they can, without without appearing like stalker. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know what? The best advice is like, if they bring in somebody else, go home. But if the door is closed and nobody else has gone in, they're discussing you. You might want to linger. Ah, uh-huh, uh-huh. so that's a good and, tip. Yeah. And also, uh, a big one, we want to remember your acting, not your smell. So tone down the perfume, the cologne. Oh, my God, that, that, could, that could kill your audition right there. So, you know, taking showers is a good thing. And not, you know, not pouring a bottle of perfume or cologne on, um, I highly recommend. Because it's, it's, it's killed a lot of uh, actors auditions as well. I mean, I still can't believe people make these silly mistakes still. And right, and right. some of them are not and, and some of them are not newbies. So all you people who have been around out there remember this. That no, that is excellent advice. I mean, and and uh, the no shaking hands. <laughs> um okay, why we don't like to shake hands? Yeah, some of you have kids, some of you are sick, you just coughed in your hand, you shook somebody's hand out in the waiting room that you haven't seen in a while, and they have a sick kid or they're not feeling well. If we get sick, you have no idea what a nightmare that is. You know, when you have 80 people you have to see the next day and you can't hear anybody because your head's stuffed up. So, you know... It's not being impolite. We just want to stay well enough to keep going because once you're working on something and you're casting and you're having sessions every day, we can't risk our health. And, oh, absolutely. And, um, and if the director or producer, if they all extend their hands, then shake their hands. But don't force people to extend their hands and shake them. If they stand up and greet you, most likely they really want to shake your hand. But if they don't, don't force it because then everyone's forced to shake your hands. But if you'll notice most casting offices there's Perel everywhere. Um <laughs> true. And you know, that's just how it is. We carry it in our purses, it's our cars. It's ridiculous. We have them everywhere. We have it everywhere. 
that's uh, that's good advice. And and let me ask you this. Um, you know, some actors are lucky. They've got they've got uh, you know good representation. They go on. You know, like a friend of mine the other day said, I had I had four auditions today. You know, and some people get four auditions a year. Now they may they may in fact be great at talent and just not well represented or not yet known among casting directors or or among you know professionals you know, directors and producers. So they don't get they don't have the chance yet to you know start auditioning a lot and i you know like anything the more you do something hopefully the better you get at it you know the more auditions that you go on hopefully the the better you're at that process because some people are great auditioners and some people are horrible auditioners and it and you know it doesn't to me i think there are great actors who are terrible auditioners and there are great actors who are great auditioners um that's very that's very common. I mean, a lot of times, most casting directors know that, and they'll say, "Look, terrible auditioner, terrible." And a lot of times, it's because they're dyslexic, they can't read or whatever. A lot of people are just terrible in the room, but there's enough film on them where they can be um, shown to do work, and that will help them. Um, if you're a newbie, you just have to better. You just have to learn how to audition. You can't have those bad habits yet because there's nothing to back. We have nothing to defend you with if you're if you just can't do it in a room. Um, and you know what? If you screw up in a room and you were just awful and they won't let you do it again, put yourself on tape and do it. You know, actually, when we did that's my Bush, the woman who played Laura Bush, she actually mm. won the part. By putting herself on tape, she did the whole wardrobe, the chair. She, she was great. I, you know, I sent it to uh, Matt and Trey. They loved her. I mean, she so and she basically ended up testing that way, and got the role. So, you know, a lot of times, if you don't do well in the room, but you think you're really right for the role, put yourself on tape. And your agent or you, it's usually not that hard to find an email, send it to, and you never know. You never know. It's happened. So just as an example, so uh, the actor could uh, film themselves and and maybe even attach it in an email or email you and say, I'd like to send you, you know, a DVD. I mean, how do you prefer to get it? Or do you want to see it up on, you know, Actors access, or I mean, how 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 best then I suppose to to reach you or other casting directors with that approach? Uh, you send a link. I mean, usually um, okay. the casting director has a, a email that is for the show, or you know, is somehow you can find them. You know, and send a link of the audition. And if you had already come in, you could even say, you know, I was really off today, but I do understand this material and I do understand this role. And I I know you don't have time to give me a second shot, so I put myself on tape. You know, I hope you can find a few minutes to watch it. A lot of times that's well, That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, so, okay, I mean... Um and in this case, it's role specific. I mean, in other words, the uh, or or they could send uh, their reel, for example. I mean, when you said before, you know, if you've got some self, some tape on you, um, 
they could provide a link and go, you know, I, I screwed up here, but but if you watch my link, I'd be happy to, or I, you know, be happy to send in this tape, you know, of the part if I can do that. I mean, is, is that, is that well, most the right likely we've all, Well, most likely we've already seen your reel. So if you've already been in, oh, okay. if you're going to, if you're going to send a, a link, do the scene again. Um, now, speaking of actors' reels and links, Good. IB, um, IMDb Pro now allows you to put on your reel. I can't. Uh-huh. I, I just can't comprehend how many actors haven't bothered to link their um, show reel on IMDb because we we live on IMDb Pro, and your reel could be right there. We look you up. You, someone has just said your name. Not really familiar. Look up your credits. Eh, you know, we might not have time to hit on the show, try to find your episode, whatever. There now is the opportunity to put your your show reel on IMDb. Do it. Don't be. I just can't comprehend ones people who don't. Also, have it up on Now Casting. Have it up on Actors Access. Have your reels updated, and and on all the sites that casting uses. And be smart about it. That's how you can be proactive. Do not wait for your agent or manager to do it for you. That's one thing you should be taking care of yourself. That's very good advice. And, and, and keep it and keep it at like a tight three minutes. Do not no, that was, that was my do next not question. want to see you in a play. You know, just be smart and show your best work and the most variety as possible. And keep your links up to date. And on all the sites, it's just that easy. <laughs> can, can I? Can I? I, I, I want to ask this because you said as much variety as possible. Does that mean that on should should actors separate out reels? For example, should should the actor have a comedy reel, which there's a variety of different comedies, and, and a dramatic reel, in which uh, as opposed to putting their drama and comedy on one reel? Well, actors access and now casting, um, you could put up comedy reel, you could put up drama reel which is really smart, and, and you can put up, um, you know, just a general acting reel. IMDb, I think, offers just one link, so put the combination okay. of both and put your most recent first and your oldest at the end. We don't want to see things that you did 10 years ago first. That means you haven't worked for 10 years, so keep <laughs> your stuff recent. I was going to say, I'll put up my, I'm going to put up my child's, my own, my family videos of me when I was a kid. So, yeah. Yeah. I get it. Right. Um, well, this, no, this is very great play. <laughs> right. This is this is really valuable advice. And and if you're going to spend money, I mean, you know, IMD. I mean, I'm 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 on IMDb Pro, you know, and wouldn't live without it. But I, I'm not I'm not promoting them. I don't get any money, you know, for for saying this. But it is money well spent. Uh, if you're in this business or want to be in this business now, they don't have to spend money and be on every casting site necessarily. They just need to pick some good ones, like the ones you mentioned, the Actors Access or, or Now Casting and, and stuff like that. And there are free sites. But I mean, uh, can can do you ever do like Skype auditions or live auditions online or anything like that? Would you have the time to do that, or is that? Um... Well, we actually tried to Skype with um, a, a well-known actress. In New York, it uh-huh. um, and we and we had it all set up in L.A. and we had the the screen and we had all the producers and directors in the room, but there's a delay. 
you know, and uh, you, just, you just can't deny being in the room and in chemistry, whatever. It just doesn't really work with the Skype thing. So you're better off putting yourself on tape and sending the link in than trying to do it live on Skype and or anything. It just it just it hasn't worked for me. It's worked okay. for others. Congrats to them, but it hasn't worked for me. Oh no, that, make, that makes a lot of sense. Now, um, this is really fascinating because it does open up the the fact that uh, people can um, from around the country or around the world actually have access to professionals like yourself. I mean, because of the internet and because of you know electronic submissions and things like that. So, I mean, that's actually good news for people who are in remote areas. What's the likelihood? I mean, how, how do, you know, if somebody tomorrow from Missouri, say, said, you know, they sent in an audition, then the next step would be, obviously, can you come out here, I would imagine. Exactly. Exactly. And and this is another thing I um, tell actors. Um, most production is not in L.A. and, and uh, New York, for the most part, when it comes to indie films or uh, mostly the films, Louisiana, Canada. It's all the places that have better rebates since we have none um, or very limited. If you have relatives or friends in any of those states that um, have a lot of production, Louisiana is exploding with um, production. Put that on the top of your resume. Can be a local hire in. But, um, if you read all the reports of uh, uh, that are on in the Hollywood Reporter and uh, and Variety and any of the online sources that say upcoming um, film production, and you see it in any of these states that you actually have someone there that you could use their address, then you could submit yourself and say, "I'm a local hire at because." I'm sorry for all you out-of-staters, but we would rather take and uh, use an actor from L.A. because they are taking classes. They are a little bit more experienced than out-of-state people, and if they can be local hires in those, they have a shot. They have a shot. To, and I and I tell actors, you want a big part in a movie? Move. Go to one of these places and build up your reel. I I know more than a handful, I, I know at least 30 people who have picked up and have moved to Louisiana and really? work non-stop. They were doing day player work here. They're now doing co-star and, and you know, uh, roles and, and, and actually really nice scenes with the major leads of films because they have the most experience. They can, you can get agents in those um, cities quite easily because you'll you'll have the experience that their local hires don't have. And so you'll get double representation. You can, you know, be repped here and get and send the, your audition or even let them know that you can be seen here or you can be seen in Louisiana. Most likely they'd want to see you here or put yourself on tape and say, is a local hire? And they can send it right to the director and say, look, they're from L.A., they need a little warning, but they can be local hires in, you know, Louisiana. Say, fine, great, love them, let's do it. So that's another way. Oh, fantastic, that's fantastic. Um, 
I'm going to have to take a break here in in just a moment, but uh, let me ask you this. In all reality, um, if you don't have a whole lot of credits and or you're new to the business, and even if you've been around for a long time but you don't have the kind of credits that that translate into uh, a lot of work, uh, most actors aren't going to get called in to read for the lead of a TV show or a guest star, they're going to get a one-liner or a walk-on or a small part or something like that, you know, with with maybe rare exceptions. Can you give us the process for television, like for Wilfred, what what happens, somebody comes in, they're going to do a one-line reading and the importance of, of being able to do that and the, uh, you know, and how people actually build their careers, how, how, how that transition takes place from, you know, extra to one, you know, one line to, to two lines to, you know, feature to that kind of thing that and how that how people can expect to progress in a business? Well you can pretty much look at anybody's um actor's resume IMDb. on right. IMDB and you can see they start off I mean look at Olivia Spencer just got it for uh the help on Golden Globes. I mean every uh-huh. casting director sat at home and was going good for her because here's a really hard working actress that we have all watched, you know go from day player to co-star to guest star to major commercials to feature films and supporting roles, and she landed the help, and good for her. I mean, there's someone who just worked her way up, and it's it's just being constant and and and, and doing the work and, and doing it yourself. And I think you, actors now have so so much more access to casting and producers and directors than they did 20 years ago. The internet has made it ridiculously easy for anyone to get into this business. You know, YouTube videos. People make their own YouTube vid- videos, and there are producers and directors and writers who spend all day on YouTube and and casting people as well discovering new talent, you know, funny or die. You want to get on a sitcom? <laughs> Whatever. I Beth Bears, the girl on um the blonde on uh Two Broke Girls. I think she's right out of USC uh and doesn't have a lot of experience. I'm not sure she's got some um backstory like that. I mean, these things do happen, but it's because someone's able to film their work put it on a link and go, you know what? Here's someone really fresh. Also, when people are just about to quit and live, leave the business, they get a job. You know, Sandra uh-huh. Bullock was ready to just hang it all up, and then she got working girl. Um, when you don't smell needy and you're just like, you know, I'm just, this is just a job and I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go in and do it, whatever, a lot of times that's what lands you apart. Um, it's just being confident enough to know I'm good at this and whether I get it or not, you know, fine. Have that attitude. Uh, you don't really have to find like, this is my last audition and now I'm going to quit the business and then you get the job. Not necessarily, but you could have a little, little tad of that kind of, attitude in you that it's like this is not the end of the world and this isn't maybe what I was born to do 
And believe me, that gives you even more confidence in a room visually. It might not to you in your heart, but to us, it's like, this isn't a this isn't a needy person. This isn't going to be a high maintenance person on the set. This is this is going to be someone who's going to come in and do the job and work. And it's weird how that translates. I know that sounds weird, but um, it's yeah. I think I, I, no. I mean, I understand that. I, I don't mean to cut you off. So so continue. I... No, I'm glad you cut me off because I really wasn't sure where to go from there. No, no, I mean I understand. That. I mean when when I, when I lived in Los Angeles and worked as an actor primarily in Los Angeles, it was like every time I went out of town, I would somebody would call and go, "We got to have you here tomorrow." And there were those times when I would be in Los Angeles and nothing would happen. And I always thought, you know, if I just spent all my time out of town, then then things would then things would happen. But I, I do believe that there's some kind of weird synergy. That you know, and I don't want to get metaphysical, but I also suspect that most casting directors know other casting directors. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, we're all friends. I went to a play reading Friday, and and you know, I, there's I, Debbie Borelsky, there's Ronnie Yeskel. I mean, it's it's actually a, a lot of fun that we all we're all very supportive of each other. I don't think you know, it's it's this cutthroat. Even actors, you know, actors have actor friends. Casting is casting friends. We all have actor friends. We all have director friends. We all have, it's a small community and it's kind of stupid to be competitive and not want to like anybody in your field. That's kind of silly. You know, everyone has to be supportive of each other. And it's also why we have unions and stuff. But it's true. If you haven't been working, book a flight somewhere very far away and you're going to get a call. (laughs) For some reason, it always happens. It does. I I think there's there's some kind of magic in that, and and I'm not sure what it is, but that's that's so true. Uh, Dory, let me take a break right now, and we'll come right back. You're going to be live on the air while we do the break, but uh, uh, we'll just take a minute or two. And uh, uh, you're listening to Rex Sykes Movie Beat at R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S dot com. That's RexSykes.com. That's the official uh, URL. You're listening to Dory Zuckerman. Uh, she's casting director and uh, providing all sorts of incredible advice for actors and talent uh, to advance their careers. My next guest coming up is director David Winning. He's done uh, numerous TV series and feature films. He'll be joining us on the 19th. Kurt Abduhan is an Emmy Award-winning cinematographer. He'll be discussing cinematography and documentary film. He's also a feature filmmaker. Uh, Paul Weber, uh, someone that, Dory, you probably know, is casting director. He'll be up on the 26th. Director Cassidy McMillan will be joining us. She's done uh, a documentary on bullying and bully side, which I think is an important uh, documentary for um, people to pay attention to, especially with young with young children. Melissa Scoff will be joining us again on the 1st of uh, February. Betty Jo Tucker, she's a casting director. Betty Jo Tucker is a film critic and author, and she's going to come on the 2nd of January. We've got uh, Jeff Greenstein. He's a director, did uh, Friends and uh, Will and Grace and Parenthood and Desperate Housewives, and he's coming up. Uh, Peter Marshall will be returning, and that will take us up until about the just before Valentine's Day, and and so that's enough for right now. And uh, and uh, just let me again remind you, if you're listening live, 
and or archived, share the show, spread it around, and please do leave comments both at the Blog Talk radio sites in the comments window beneath the player, beneath the chat room, and rate and review the shows at iTunes Podcasts. All right, so we're back live at this moment with uh, Dory Zuckerman. Dory, thank you so much. Yeah, you know, it's... uh, I'm sorry, what? And yes, I do know Paul, so, yeah. I had a very nice evening. Yeah, I had a very nice evening. He invited me out to go to uh, uh, Universal NBC Showcase one evening uh, last November when I was back in town. And uh, we went out, and it was a wonderful showcase directed by Anthony Mandel, who's also an author and acting coach. And and Anthony's been a uh, guest on the show. And uh, and it was fun to sit there and and not be in a showcase, but to watch the showcase from the vantage point of a casting director and or you know agent or uh, manager, something along those lines. Um, so uh, that was a good experience for me. I enjoyed it very much. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think you know, and I think that's I think that in and of itself, one of the things that I try and do with the show is to demystify things. And the reason I, I, I am so eager to do that is that when I was a young man, a teenager in young 20s in, in, in Los Angeles in acting and then both behind and in front of the camera, you know, there weren't a whole lot of places where you could go and and, and meet people. You, you, you know, you, you I won't go into the whole details. I mean, you, I, at my time, it seemed like you had to rely a whole lot more on your agent. You couldn't really take as much control of your career. Uh, as you can today, which uh, I think is exciting about today. and uh, But it was hard. I mean, you know, I, I didn't have, uh, as I guess as many producer, director, casting director friends, you know, as I did actor friends at the time. And so it was like these people who were on one side of the business and us on the other side of the business. And and when it really comes down to it, if if you can imagine what it's like, as an actor, to I mean, I think actors should sit in when they can, if they're able to, you know, a, a casting session, when they're not on the spot to act, to, you know, and that's what these interviews are about, is to give them some inkling of what it's like for a casting director, you know, what your goals are, what what your hopes and your dreams are when it comes to casting and 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 uh, how they can, you know, best be in the room and 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 not flub up and stuff like. That. I think I think being able to be exposed to these things. Um, is a really good thing today, and it, you know it, it wasn't so available back then. I, I think what you said too, and I'm, I'm just going to further a thought, and then uh, I'm going to uh, ask you. But uh, the idea that we now, as actors, can create our own content, we can do YouTube, we can do you know Funny or Die, we can uh, go out and make a short film because it's affordable, and get that stuff up online. Um, where at one time, you know, if you're trying to buy film stock, it was a, it's a you know, or even at one time buying a video camera was a major expense. So, so uh, it's there's really no excuse anymore for actors. No, and there's also and there's also web channels that you know I I have some actor friends that wrote their own show, and um, you know, and they're three crazy young nuts that. Um, are just uh, doing human nature things, but in a funny way. And they got picked up by one of the biggest uh, web channels uh, for, you know, 13 episodes. Now, Now, know that there are people hired at studios and at networks and at agencies 
to watch watch this stuff all day long. And then if there's something, they'll call those people and say, you know what, we want to package this, we want to make a film out of it, we want to make a series. A lot of a lot of series have have developed that way. I mean, there is so much opportunity to create your own show or get in front of people that need to see you that you wouldn't have a shot at. You're not going to have a shot to walk in to a network and pitch your idea for a TV series. But you can go and make your own, you know, even on your iPhone, you can make your own show, get it on the web somewhere, and someone might just see it and go, you know what, this is really interesting. I'm going to check this out. And uh, and that's what that, how that happens. So, there's cool. really just no there's just no excuse to just sit home and rely on your agent anymore or manager or anything. You don't even need those things half the time now. Yeah, that's that is that's that I mean that's really cool. I suspect that the the importance of an agent today more so I mean the one role that hasn't changed is is the ability to negotiate a contract. But at a certain level, wouldn't it be fair to say that most people at the entry level and, and my listeners by the way are A list listeners uh in front of and behind the camera, all the way down to people who are just starting in this business. So uh but at but at the but the and, and then fans from around the world. But those people who are uh, kind of just starting out, it would be fair to say that they're probably going to be working at scale. Oh, yeah. And you know what? And and what I mean by going out there and making your own show and this and that, these are not first-timers either. You know, you can either be a newbie or you could be someone who's just been trying to make it and just beginning the one-liners or whatever, and then all of a sudden you have just jumped 12 levels. But – and it – and this stuff also helps you get an agent because you do need um, representation. You do need people protecting you. You do need people that know how to negotiate. And, you know, don't ever think you can do this by yourself because you can't. You might be able to create the content and your and the, the package of being able to see what you can do. But once it comes down to selling you and, and, um, and, promoting you and and getting you the right deal, you need representation. I don't mean to diminish agents and managers because none of us would be able to function without them. Um, But if you're frustrated and you're sitting at home going, I don't have an agent, you know, there's so many ways now that you can get out there that wasn't available 20 years ago. And so the stigma for not having an agent isn't as great today as it may have been Years ago, too. I mean, well, years ago you did need representation because there was no way, no way to get for there. you to get in front of anybody. You know, we. I, I mean, remember uh, what were the tapes called? Three quarter inch tapes. I mean, I don't. I, oh, betas. VCRs. VCRs, no, yeah. Well, betas a little too old, but yeah, you know, VCRs. Man. Those machines are hard to come by now. You know, and 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 being sent a a, a DVD, it's so much easier just to have a link. You know, it's just everything has gotten so easy to be able to be seen quicker, faster, and you know, workshops are good to take. Whole reading workshops, 
but don't take those unless you've taken some acting classes first because you might just blow your chance of ever being in front of someone again. Um, classes are good. That's also your responsibility is, is take classes. You know, um, the people that, that have had major roles in films and, and have starred in their own TV show that still take acting classes. There's nothing wrong with it. It shouldn't be poo-pooed. And get into class. There's no excuse not to be. Now, I, I said earlier that, you know, you guys all probably know each other, and you mentioned that you have, you know, casting director friends. And, and, and I suspect that, as with anyone, if, if, if you discover something wonderful or a person who's wonderful, you want to share it. You want to spread it around. You want to go, hey, guess who I saw? Guess who? And maybe you cast them in their first role. Then then you still want to spread that around. And so that's the importance of understanding you know, that when you make an impression on one casting director, good or bad, you may be making a, an impression on a lot of people. Oh, yeah, because Even if, if they're not in the room. We, we talk and say, you know what, I can't find the da-da-da-da. Well, I just saw, and that happens a lot, too. Um, also, um, CSA, the Casting Society of America, we have a website. We can actually email, send out an email, and it goes to all members if you're looking for a certain type, you know, does anybody know? I guess so there's there's ways of reaching out. So just because you get seen by someone you don't think will ever hire you, it doesn't mean they won't remember you to tell somebody else. And that's very good. But, but you know, it, it also means being professional and making a good impression, you know, and, and being smart. I mean, I, I know actors who get pissed because they're insecure or something and they get, you know, they get upset or they... Whole, you know, they blame a, a casting director or a producer or director for, you know, some aspect of why they're not where they're supposed to be, you know, and they, and they, I remember, I was, I'll, I'll show you this, I had a friend, and it surprises me that he's still my friend, but uh, years ago, back in the early 70s, and he put me in, a, in in one of my very first things, and then nothing happened for a long time, and I wrote him this letter, I went, come on, what the hell is going on, how come you never have me in, and, and I, <laughs> I never get called back in again, and, uh, but, I, but, but uh, we're, we're friends. But the thing is, is that I, at the time, I thought I was I was being reasonable, and and I look back on that now, and I go, I can't believe that I took this person to task, and like you know, one of the opening sentences in my letters, what the hell is going on? How come you're not, ha-? you know? I mean, it was just it was so presumptuous, and and to me, um, the wrong thing to do. And I, and you know, and I thought, of course, I had every right to when I was young, you know, hot-headed kind of thing. So, well, well, that you know, that 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 happens. I mean, I've had a few friends who've like called me out, going, like, "How come you've never called me in?" And or you know, you ever called me in for this and this this? It's like because you're not right, and if you're gonna and if you're gonna be like that, I it that's a great way to end. A, uh, friendship, oh, really? you know. Yeah. Um, you know what? If we want you to get the job, whether we know you or not, and if you're right for it, we'll push. But um, you know, if, yeah. reminders well, are always nice. Everyone's like, "Where can we mail you a postcard?" It's like at, at this point, you know, we're, we're all so mobile. There's very few of us that get to stay in the same office for more than six months. So, uh-huh. you know, keeping having your own website is great. You now have the option to have your own 
website where you could put a where you could put your own reel, where you could put your resume, where you could put your bio, where you could put pictures. You can you could create your own career right there on your own page. You know that's another thing you could do. Um, you know and and you know what? If someone ha- you haven't you know maybe hasn't seen you in a while. Send them and say, look, I just wanted to give you my updated reel and resume. Hope everything's well. That's a good way to be reminded instead of, you know, how come you haven't called me in? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that could I suspect, be the reason right there. Well, I mean, I, you know, I go I, when I look at what I did, you know, when I was 19 years old or whatever, you know, I go, I, I could have done it nicely. I could have said, is there, you know, is there anything I can do to make it easy for you to call me in? What do I need to do? As opposed to blaming the person for not being called. Um, I have a question for the chat room. And um, and I wanted, and, and I have another question that I want to ask you as well. And that is, uh, well, let me ask you the first, my question first. Um, and that And that is, your job is to find talent and your job your 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 reputation your personhood is essentially on the line with the directors and the producers and the people that hire you for finding this talent so i think that the actors need to understand that when you put someone up for them to the producer or director you're you're hoping that they replicate a good job that they that they do their best that they don't make you look bad at the, at the same time you know what you know i mean yeah. So if the actors, if they're smart, need to think about the fact that, you know, I'm not just I'm not just succeeding if I'm succeeding. I'm also helping somebody else succeed at what they're doing um, by by being the very best I can be. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when someone comes in and, and just is horrible we feel horrible it makes us look horrible the producers and directors look at us going what were you thinking and it's like uh, you know we all make those mistakes um so yeah we want you to be the best we're not going to just bring you in for the sake of bringing you in so did that answer your question well, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. I, the idea being, the, the, you know, I, I think you guess, uh, the idea being that you're that you're putting forth the best finds for the roles that you can find, and you're hoping that the actors don't let you down. You know what I mean? I mean that they're going to, the, the, they're professional, that they're going to, that they're going to deliver when it comes that time to deliver. You know, I. Oh yeah, we're 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 rooting for you. I mean, I, I've I've heard from a lot of actors. You know, they get they're terrified of some casting directors and some casting directors i guess are terrifying um right and i and you know what and i have been i've had my <laughs> my periods of being a, a terror i've been told and 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 now all these people are like telling very funny stories about the first time they met me and they caught me on a bad day or something um don't be okay because basically we need you to be good. So there's no just you know, there's no reason to be fearful of anyone in this business or to think that they are so godly that you are blessed to be in their presence. As much as a lot of them would like to think that, 
you know, they need you as much as you need them. And as long as you really understand that, you'll be able to go in the room with a lot less nerves. Now, the question from the chat room, Chase asks, he says, how often do producers overrule casting directors, and what do you do when and if it happens? Well, they overrule us all the time. Well, no, it's, it, I mean, it's a dis- discussion. We pick the people that they see, you know, and, and who are, they're going to make decisions between. And a lot of times they, do, you know, most of the time they do look to us. Is this person consistent? Um, you know, a lot of times, when, especially in television, they're going to want to see more of your work than just what you did in the room. If someone comes in and just nails it, the first thing they're going to say is, can we see some more tape? That's that's the first thing they say because they're, they want to make sure that this wasn't just lucky. And uh-huh. our answer is absolutely. This person's great. They did this and this and this. You know, I'll get you this. They're like, perfect. So always have material ready to be to be shown because if you did well in the room the producers are always going to want to see more um as far as overriding can they insist on seeing people absolutely it's, it's their show it's whatever but we don't we never have the final decision um but the, the producer probably the why it uh, well it's kind of a the producer directors end up agreeing on somebody, and then it goes to the network or the studio, right. whatever, and then everybody has to agree on one person. And a lot of times it's always split. You know, there's camps, you know, they like this one, the producers like this one, the director likes this one, and the network likes this one. Okay, we got a three-way tie. Let's see if we can get down to two-way. And then... Then they battle it out, <laughs> and uh, maybe those people have to come back again, or um, it comes down to past work, or it comes down to the creator saying, this is where I'm going with this show. This person works better for that, which is probably the reason why most of the time they never thank the casting directors. They think they've cast it all by themselves. These actors just magically appeared in front of them. Not that I'm old and bitter, but most of us are. But um, I understand. Yeah. Uh, we've gotten used to that. Well, so, again, and I had asked this question about one line and building up, you know, uh, you know, their resume and, and working their way up in the business. So, in other words, somebody comes in and uh, they go, this is great, we want to see more tape. Now, if they have tape, that's fantastic. If not, let's say they don't have any credits, they, they can run out and put themselves on YouTube and all this stuff. But that, but that isn't the same as knowing that they've handled roles in other professional settings. Um, is, is that no? And of- and sometimes people are going to want to take a chance with somebody, but they'll do a screen test. They'll do a lot more testing of someone if they feel like someone's just wow. I don't know where they came from, just out of the blue. I mean, Ed Norton came right out of school into uh, um, the movie with Richard Gere. Okay, too early to pull up credits right now, but. Um, uh, everyone's shouting on the other side of the radio. It's the movie's called I can't remember Paramount. Richard Gere. Uh, 
but personality is it presumed innocent? Yeah. Oh, right. Where he played Norton was the killer kid, right? Yeah. I mean, he didn't have much. He didn't. He didn't have work to back up his work, but he was an exception to the rule. That happens too. Most of the time, you're going to need to do student films um, or put together your own little film or something, so there's some kind of tape just to get you representation. You know, I I know a lot of actors just starting out, and it's like, you know, can you help me get a manager, an agent? It's like, how would I do that? You you, you don't have any material. Why don't you, you know, go do, go do some student films, go get some film on yourself, and uh, then we'll see what we can do. Um, but you, you, you need to do something, and, and there's so many ways to do it now you really don't have an excuse well it would it's primal fear yeah primal fear thank you yeah um it would be fair to say though right i mean with 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 exceptions like uh ed norton and and others that um you know they say that a that an actor's career is a 10 or 15 year overnight success and 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 i believe that's fair to say the same thing is true about people behind the scenes i mean a lot of times people work their way up from a production assistant and they get you know another job and then they get into the ad department or they get into the camera department or they get into the grips or something and they finally you know after a few years they've worked themselves you know into a into a, a better paying job or a better a better gig so to speak um but but i mean there is 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 it not fair to say that with with the um, with the exceptions of of the, well, you just said it, you know, that they will test, that they will do more, you know, they might put somebody, you know, a, a, uh, in a role right away, but but they but they check it out, they just don't do it blindly. But other other than that, there is sort of a testing ground. I mean, Hollywood is kind of a it's a, it's a meritocracy, in other words, it's not, you know, you get by by you succeed by what you've done mm-hmm. and progress through the ranks. As opposed to you know most meteoric m- m- the way most people think they just burst on the scene. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's it's like any job. Most ninety nine percent of them, you're going to start at the bottom, and and move your way up, and that's that's every job. You can't just walk in and say I'm going to. The only thing you can walk in and say, there's no rule book. To this industry, you don't have to have a degree to be in this business, you know, like a lawyer or a doctor. You know, you can't just wake up one morning and say, I'm going to be a doctor, and then go apply at a hospital, and all of a sudden you're head of surgery. It doesn't happen that way. In this town, anybody can be anything they want to. There is no rule book, and there's no requirements. So the path you choose can take take you in many different directions. You might start doing one thing and you end up doing another. I mean, there's lots of actors turn writers, a lot of actors turn directors, a lot of actors turn producers, and vice versa. I mean, it, you just ne- never know where you're going to end up or or where your niche is. You could try it all. There's That's the one thing about... I think that's why entertainment business is so appealing to people is... 
there there are no rules and there are no requirements. But talent kind of helps. <laughs> you got to have a little True. of that. That's a good point. Um, we got about ten minutes left on the outside, and um, I, I think it's about where we're at. So uh, I just want you to know, um, and, and I and I and I lost my train of thought in that second. Um, okay, so I'll try and take it a different way here. And uh, and and what do you consider? Um, uh, you know, you you see uh, in a day, you know, you might see 30, 40, 50, 100 people, you know, if you figure five-minute increments, you know, there are people coming and going and, and everything else. And uh, and you may be casting for a day or for months. And so you're seeing people and going over and re-going over and having callbacks. And and, uh, and if it's a TV series, you know, you've got, you've got your pre-reads and your producers and your directors and the networks and the whole thing. What do you... Um, and I, I'm not sure how to. What is it that you're looking for? What is what is the magic that makes somebody stand out when 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 people go, wow, this person just, you know, they came into my office and they were the character. They came into my office and wow, you know, they just blew us away. What, you know, in the old days of Clara Bow when they said she was the it girl, can you define it any better in uh, 2012? <laughs> You know what? The, it still is the it factor, and it's really rare that someone walks in and your whole body starts to, like, just tingle and whatever hair you have, you know, stands up on end. And it's uh-huh. like, oh, my God. And and it happens. I remember meeting Juliette Lewis, and she was 15. And I, I sat there, and I talked to her for an hour and a half. Who has time to talk to anybody for an hour and a half? And I thought she was fascinating, and I said, oh, um, whoever gave you a ride, aren't they waiting outside? I'm so sorry. And she says, no, I drove myself. I said, how old are you? She says, well, I'm, I'm just 15. And she, I said, well, you're not old enough to drive. She says, yeah, but I, I need to get here, so I took the car. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, this girl is, she's going to make it. I mean, she's got... She just was so, just really special and just, um, you know, first time, uh, uh, I mean, when, uh, I shouldn't say that, but I, there's a few people that would have been stars a lot earlier had um, directors and producers listened to the casting people uh-huh, and then yeah. they became stars later on because someone didn't get it and when you said, this one's really special. This person's going to be a star. And then they turn around and they become stars. And you're going, it could have happened years ago and it could have happened on your project. So it's it's not everybody's going to feel the it factor right away. But I think casting, since we've seen so many people, you really know when someone walks in the room that they're like something really special and a breath of fresh air. I mean, and and it, that is like the best description you can ever uh, hear someone say about you. Um, it's uh, and and it's and it's extremely unique. And uh, you know, I met an actress ten years ago 
through a, uh, a producer friend, and um, she's uh, uh, the the number one uh, TV star in um, Italy. And we, I just stayed in touch with her over uh, ten years, and uh, you know we became friends as, many, as much as friends can be, living as far apart as we do. But they a part came up in uh, Wilford last season. And I said, oh, my God, you know, Gabriella. And she just happened to be coming to New York to do a big fashion shoot. And so showed film on her to the producers and the writers, and they all just, you know, fell in love and said, let's make this role Italian. And she, in like the second to the last episode of last season, is her. And she's a huge star in Italy, but she's... No one here, but everyone who's met her here, then she's gone on meetings, is she gets the feedback. She's a breath of fresh air. I mean, she's got the it factor. And to everyone here, she's new and fresh, where in Europe, she's, you know, a huge star already. So uh-huh. it's weird. You know, you could you could be a huge, huge star somewhere and then – you know, fresh meat <laughs> somewhere else, and you have to and you have to start all over again. But once you have that it factor, you have it. And if if producers and directors are smart, they're going to listen to the casting people that say, "Okay, you're going to be sorry if you don't." And a lot of times, I have enjoyed going back and saying, "I told you so." Uh-huh. When they have <laughs> after and like that could have been he could have been in your movie he could yeah, there's I don't want to give the example but uh-huh. oh one one film me and the director I think it's the only time we just really just butted heads and I think he went the other way when I recommended somebody and the two people he didn't cast are two huge stars now. And the two people he did cast are, you know, has-beens. And it's Uh, upsetting to me to this day because that film would have been much bigger. It would have been a classic by now because those people would have been really fresh and new back then instead of taking what he thought were stars of that moment and not fresh and not right for the roles. So... There's like you know you got to deal with the egos too, and you have to be politically correct. And some people are more talented at that than some of us. Which well, I would happily say, are you are you out of your mind? Which has gotten me in trouble a few times, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, let me preface it with a couple of things. One is I am enjoying this absolutely immensely. This is very valuable information. And uh, I, I, I want to ask you, you know, if you'd be willing to come back at another time when it's convenient for you and, and continue our discussion because we're going to run out of time. Sure. Okay, you know awesome. Timing. I do, <laughs> as a matter of fact. Do others, and, and is that a fair question? Do you have a website or, or something that you want to uh, uh to put out there for other people, you know, or? No, I'm one of those casting directors who doesn't have a website. Um, I am the worst at self-promotion, but um, I'm, I'm easily found and, and have been found. I, You know, I am on Twitter. Um, please stop sending me well, your reels. I'm not always, <laughs> hire me for Wilfred. I should be on Wilfred. 
those kind of things, not the best way to get uh, get attention. But, um, you know, a lot of times I have found those links and have seen some really funny stuff, so... So, so, but, but let's let's direct them then into how they can best reach you if they were like you're on Twitter. I, I don't know if you want to give out the Twitter address or not, but but uh, instead of having people you know send you links and say hire me for Wilfred, what should they do? Just to get up on Actors Access or you know netcasting and uh, you know whatever and and now it's now casting. Send you a postcard. Actors Access and IMDb. Get your reels up there. And once, you know, a show's in production and you see a breakdown out or, or something like that, you know, you could send the link. You can submit yourself. Your link will already be on the submission. Just, you know, do your homework and be prepared and uh, and do as much as you possibly can for self-promotion without stalking. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I have known people. I, I had an actress friend tell me that this was her plan. Now, she told me this 20 years ago, and I hope that she never carried it through. She said that she was going to go into the casting director's office. She was going to knock everything off the desk, and she was going to jump up at the desk, and you know, because the, the role was a psychotic woman, and she was going to do all this stuff, and, and you know, literally terrify the casting directors. And we tried to tell her that that was probably not the best approach. Well, but, it didn't and, help Sean Young, did it? So uh, <laughs> don't okay. don't do that. Because I, I I've had that some, but it's It's been very weird. Now you 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 break it up a little bit right there. First time uh, during the show. What would just repeat what you were saying? Um, I, I I've had that done. You know, actors walk just you know walking in. There's people that have crashed auditions. Don't crash auditions. It won't help you. In fact, it will make us never want to see you again. Do not crash auditions if you think you're right. We have a list. We know who we called in. Um, and when you get in the room, you know, don't do too much. You don't have to come in full costume. That's a little scary, too. Don't <laughs> don't bring props in. We don't. If Point your finger if it requires a gun. Don't bring a gun in. Unnecessary. Um, don't touch. I've had people bang my desk, push things off the desk, swing their jackets around, knock posters off the walls. It's uh, it's just it's too much and a little scary. It's just you know, use a little self restraint, and uh, you have a better shot at getting the job and getting in the office if you're not remembered for being um, insane. Yes, excellent point. Now you gave me some really good advice. We we had we had coffee at the coffee bean, and I said something about rushing into an audition. And I had just gotten the call, and I went, and you were like, "Hey, this is your audition. You know, uh, you should have got the sides, you know, or the script the day before, you know." And now we only got a couple of minutes, but but I, I, on the way out, the idea being that this is their audition. Don't you don't want the actor to what well, one. Keep in mind what you just said, but you also don't want the actor to be rushed. You want the actor to be able to be prepared and, and to be professional and, and to not have to, like, kind of, like, drop everything running in and, and then do a less than glorious job because they didn't have the time. Yeah. I mean, chances are this isn't the only day they're doing this role. I mean, sometimes it is, but most of the times it's not. So if you're not prepared, don't go in because you're going to ruin your shot. And don't go in and say, I just got these and I'm not really ready. 
because again, you you just blew your shot. Do check with your agent or your manager or even call the casting director's office and talk to the assistant if you um don't have any representation and ask um listen, I'm I you know, something came up or I just got the sides for one reason or another. Is there a chance, is there another day this week I could come in? And most likely you'll get rescheduled because it'll do you much better than walking in and saying, I'm sorry, I just got these. And it's like, we're going to say, I'm sorry, you're going to waste three minutes of our time because you're not prepared. It's it's not good for anybody. So if you're not ready to go in, don't go in. You know, be late. Even ask if and if they say, no, this is the only day we're seeing this role, say, well, is there any way I could come in later? Do what you got to do to not be rushed or not be prepared. That's awesome. It's stellar advice. As as is all of this conversation, I really do appreciate it, Dory. And thank you so much. Um, so... Uh, Wilfred is uh, going to start up sometime soon, and, and uh... yep, I uh, just uh, read the first script and nine outlines, and it's going to be a great season. We have some major stars. It's just mind-boggling that want to, that love the show. It's their favorite show that want to do the show. So we're going to have some really fun major guests. Oh, that's very cool. Very cool. Well, I'm going to let you go here on the air. I want to thank you so much. And uh, I'm going to call you back in just a few minutes and and, uh, and talk with you off the air. But uh, thanks so much for being here and for sharing all this. And we'll, and you and I will talk and we'll find out when you can come back. And, uh, and then we'll let the listeners know as well. This has been a very valuable conversation for our listeners, for me. For uh, We all learned lots. Thank you, Dory. Thanks, Rex. All right. Talk to you in a couple. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Dory Zuckerman, casting director. Uh, Fascinating. Uh, You know, I always love it when I can get a guest on who provides, you know, and and I'm thankful to all my guests in that regard, but they provide, you know, material and information you can utilize right away immediately and so when you hear information like that put it into practice use it use it to make your careers uh advance use it to get your projects done and uh, and to further your own hopes your ambitions and your dreams uh keep in mind that i've got many fantastic guests coming up in the immediate future i told you at the break uh the guests coming up my next guest is guest director uh, david winning he's the uh, Uh, directed so many shows, so much TV. Look him up on IMDb. Uh, But Andromeda and Stargate, and uh, he's directed now the new show Lost Girls and and a whole bunch of different different things. You're going to want to hear from him and all of my guests. So be sure to uh, stay tuned. And um, you can become a friend of Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends on Facebook, and I really encourage you to share this. Uh, and help me promote this as well. Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends on Facebook. Uh, well, you know, there's updates to the interviews, and uh, other people can use it as well to promote their films and casting and, and announcements. And so uh, use it as a place to hang and, and to put up professional things. Uh, my Twitter address is Rex Sykes, I'm sorry, Rex Sykes Movie Beat. That last word is abbreviated Rex Sykes Movie BT. And uh, there's a Rex Sykes Movie Beat. 
YouTube channel as well. All right, so that's how we can stay in touch. Keep sharing the website. Please do, before you go away, whether you're listening live or archive, go leave comments there, right there at the player, right underneath the chat window. Close it down, whatever you have to do, but wait, there's a there's a window there. And uh, same thing, rate and review the uh, podcast. Everybody have a fabulous day. Make your movies, complete your projects. Thanks for joining us in the chat room. Thanks for listening. Until we meet the next time, that's a wrap. <laughs>